gentlemen, welcome to WrestleMania. How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. This is a show about wrestling. And for wrestling fans, there is no bigger night slash weekend at this point than WrestleMania weekend. And as a result, Leonard and I have viewed some of the festivities, if not all. And we are going to talk about them today for you, as I'm sure a lot of people are. But our opinions are better. Right, Leonard? Usually. Usually. Right. I mean, I want to be honest. I want to be 99.9% of the time. Right. Occasionally, someone else will say something that makes sense. But that's right. Well, let's start with what was technically the beginning of the weekend, which was SmackDown on Friday, April 1st. And the reason we need to talk about this is because it opened with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which as history has proven, means absolutely nothing. And, you know, as battle royals go, it was about a two-star affair for me. Uh, the winner was Madcap Moss. And it's interesting that they had him win over people like Finn Balor and, and others. Uh, because in the last segment of the night, it was a happy talk segment with Baron Corbin and Madcap Moss. And Drew McIntyre came down. It was a build for the McIntyre-Corbin feud but drew mcintyre came down and with one punch knocked madcap moss on his butt you know and so like you just have this guy win the battle royal which they want you to believe is somewhat of a stepping stone and yet eh, one punch will get him down so i I don't really know what the andre the giant battle royal signifies at this point if anything it's just kind of like well we've been doing it so let's just keep doing it (laughs) Yeah, it seems to be odd. Like, if you go back, and I know we, I think we did this last year, like, we looked at the list of winners, and it's just a really eclectic list. Oh, yeah. You know, at one point, it seemed like a lifetime achievement thing. You know, Big Show won it, Matt won it. And then it seemed like, oh, well, maybe we're going to give this to, like, that that mid-card guy that we're interested in. Right. And... Now it's just like, well, Moss is involved in a program is involved in the program that we're giving time to via Corbin and McIntyre. So why don't we give him something? Right. Yeah. And um, it's uh, yeah, that's pretty much the way you can look at it. And uh, I don't know what they're going to do with Madcap Moss. I mean, in, like in, if you look back in history of the King of the Ring winners, that by and large, those guys have gone on to enjoy pretty great careers. Um, yeah. Such is not the case with the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. But who knows? Maybe Mad Camp Moss uh, is on the rise and we don't know it. The next match immediately following this was for the Intercontinental title. And it was a triple threat match um, between Ricochet, the champion, and Angel and Humberto. They are a tag team, Los Letharios. So this was for the IC title. Ricochet retains here. I, I rated about two and a half stars. They didn't get a ton of time. Uh, a lot of partner stuff between Los Letharios. Uh, you know, they kind of flirted with them going at it, but that never really happened. Um, so I think that it is a big problem when your IC title can't be on either night of WrestleMania, and it's now two nights. Like, 
that is a problem to me. It would be a problem to me. Like, I realize you can't fit everything. We can fit Corbin and Drew McIntyre, but we can't fit the IC title, which, you know, has history dating back to, you know. <laughs> well, and considering both nights were right around, you know, the, the, the three-hour mark. Right. Uh, and we're only, well, I think, what, eight matches per, per night. So when you consider a few years ago, they were a lot longer and more bloated. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was okay for what it was. Um, and the rest of the SmackDown card, I'm not going to go over the rest of that. There was a, there was a couple uh, tag team matches, a lot of build packages for, for mm-hmm. what would be WrestleMania. And so then right after that, if you have the Peacock Network, you would see the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. Um, and this year's inductees, it started out with the Steiner Brothers, and then Queen Charmel, and then the Warrior Award, which was given to Shad Gaspard, Vader, and then The Undertaker. And uh, yeah, the, the Steiners, it was good to see them win, or win. It was good to see them get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And uh, Despite Scott owing you $20. Right. He owes me $20, but you know what? Like for the cow story, I'm willing to let that go. Um, that had nothing to do with anything. I don't, I, but you know what? If years ago, we loved that sort of stuff. At least I did those sort of nothing stories that had nothing to do with anything. That's why I watched the hall of fame was to see these yeah. old timers ramble about stuff that we were never supposed to hear about before, but now they have to really go quickly. They only get a few minutes and so now in context, that story looks like it was just out of left field, which it was. But it's, it seems like that's probably the cleanest story that Scott Steiner had. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, do you have any stories that doesn't involve like swearing, drinking, drugs, sex? Well, I got this story about me and Macho Man, some cows. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, you, you know, you had Queen Charmel, which was, I, I'm, I'm just going to say, I think that that's the biggest kind of, you know, WTF entry this year. Um, I, I don't, I, I guess. Pretty much ever. I, I looked, I went over the entire, and this is talking the main hall because they have their legacy wing. They have their celebrity wing. They have specialties, but right. she's in the main regular hall. And I would say that she is. And I actually told you we should rank like the worst Hall of Fame inductees, but I looked and she's for me would be a clear number one. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I don't know if it's just because they want to keep Booker T around or they want to keep him happy. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to, you know, speculate other than that, but it is what it is. Uh, the warrior award well-deserved uh, Shad Gaspard. Um, it was cool sure. to see his son, um, and the other member of Crime Time do the Crime Time handshake. That was pretty neat. Uh, yes. Those guys had a huge fan base, but I thought it was a really cool moment uh, to see. Um, and, of course, then we had Vader. Uh, it was really great to see Vader's family up there. Again, well-deserved. Should have been in before he passed. Uh, yeah. Well, did, did, do you know about the, the tweet that Nikki Bella sent? No. Nikki, Nikki's the one who was dating John Cena, correct? Yes. Okay. So Nikki thought Vader was alive. Yeah. Oh, well, that's... <laughs> because she she said a tweet that she was excited to hear, like, 
st- like you were just saying, like these stories from these old guys from different generation, blah blah blah, and tweeted as if he was uh, alive. Now, I, I, that was actually mentioned on Jim Cornette's podcast, which I know you don't like me listening to. Uh, so I didn't read what what like reactions were or what people tweeted her back. Wow! Uh, but they read the actual tweet, and she thought Vader was alive. That's doesn't surprise me as much as it probably should um and then we end with the undertaker who who went long and you know what a lot of people were yeah some people were complaining about that but you know what we waited a long time to hear straight from mark calloway and not have him be in character so i was perfectly fine with him going long uh vince's induct vince's Mm -hmm. opening speech there he mentioned Shotgun Saturday Night. I believe that's the first time Shotgun Saturday Night's been mentioned on any probably. WWE programming, probably since it was around. Since it was around. I've watched old Shotguns, and they're excellent. I enjoy Shotgun Saturday Night. Yeah, and uh, The Undertaker referred referred to one of his matches as a squash match, like just very briefly, and then he corrected himself, enhancement match, which I thought was funny. You yeah. know, uh, again, see us, you know, it's cool to hear from the guy himself. Uh, but I thought it was good speech and it was heartfelt. And uh, I think that anybody in the back, Vince probably was just like, you know what? You go and let him talk as long as he wants. Yeah. So. Well, I know that that it was uh, kind of up in the air who was going to induct him. A lot of people thought it was going to be Kane uh, because apparently Vince. And again, this was from Cornette's podcast. That, you know, and Cornette was there when they were doing them, that that Vince always refused to induct someone. That 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 he said, don't ask me to do it, I won't do it. So right. the fact that he did for Undertaker, I think, is huge um, for for both of them. I think that says a lot about the relationship that, that they have. Now, I know you mentioned about hearing from Mark Calloway, the man. We've been hearing from Mark Calloway, the man, since he retired. That's true. The uh, documentary gave you a lot of insight. Yeah, that. and he's done the Broken Skull sessions with Austin. He did right. uh, hot ones. Uh, the if you haven't seen that, where you eat the hot wings for the interview. So he's done a lot of out character interview. It almost seemed like it was a dam that broke. Like yeah. he just, you know, he's allowed to be him now, and he just wants to be him. Right. So so that didn't really feel special to me because we've heard from Callaway. I man. guess it was special because he was inside a WWE ring. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that's a fact that he was in his his workplace, right. as opposed to just doing you know an interview with Austin or on TV or something like that. But but yeah, I mean that was about what I thought it was it was going to be, and uh, I think and and I can't wait till they get they keep talking about it. Well, I don't know. It's more of a background thing about having an actual Hall of Fame you can go to. Like that memorabilia show they had seemed like it was pointed to we're collecting stuff for a physical Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because I would love to. As soon as they open a Hall of Fame, come get you, we're going to go. I assume Absolutely. it's going it, it, to be in Connecticut. Yeah, I mean, judging by all the stuff that they tracked down, I, I'm assuming they're going to do that something like with that at some point. And I'm, I'm definitely game to go whenever yeah. that opens. Um, so Saturday, April 2nd, before WrestleMania night one, you had NXT stand and deliver 2022 and that kicked off, uh, well, the pre-show started at about 12 
So the pre-show did have a match. It was for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai reunited against Toxic Attraction. And Gonzalez and Kai would get the win there. Toxic Attraction, they've been the champions for a while. Um, Decent for what it was. Nothing spectacular. About two and three quarter stars for me. Uh, The main card started at one. And you would start it off with the ladder match for the North American title. Santos Escobar versus Cameron Grimes versus Grayson Waller versus Carmelo Hayes versus Solo Sikoa. And there was a really, like Grayson Waller had a jump off the ladder that looked really, really awkward. His landing, if anybody has seen it and knows what I'm talking about. Um, You had, you know, a bunch of outside interference and whatnot. Uh, but Cameron Grimes would pick up the win here. This was typical for your ladder matches with all the, like a bunch of guys, uh, very much a car crash affair. Leonard and I have already talked about our opinions on such things. I gave it three and a half stars. I thought it was entertaining, a good way to start off that card. Next up, you had Tony D'Angelo with AJ Galante versus Tommaso Ciampa. Now, I don't, Leonard, do you know who AJ Galante is? No, everything you're saying is random words to me. Right. So AJ Galante, he was in a documentary on Netflix about the hockey team that he created and the fact that his family had mob ties. The uh, hockey team he created was the Danbury Trashers, excuse me, Danbury Trashers, because they owned a trash company. (laughs) And so it's a really interesting documentary. So Uh, why is he there? Because Tony D'Angelo is supposed to be a pseudo mobster. Oh, okay, okay. So that's kind of the connection there. And uh, this was apparently Tommaso Ciampa's last match. So, gosh, you know, you got to have him go over. You got to have him job to the pseudo mobster guy who is clearly nowhere on the level of Tommaso Ciampa. Um, This was about two and a half stars. I I didn't like the end of this simply because the old adage is that you have to job when you're leaving and – if it makes sense, I understand that. But in this case, it was just like, well, here's a guy we're somewhat high on right now. He has a pseudo mobster gimmick. The Sopranos was how many years ago? Anyway, uh, D'Angelo's a little rough around the edges. So apparently this is the first time I have Peacock Premium Plus, Leonard, and that enables me to have no ads. We've talked about this off air a few times. And this is the first time watching an event where Premium Plus gave me anything other than zero ads. So apparently, right after this, there was a moment where Champa was going back into the locker room, but he was stopped by Triple H. So he and Triple H had a moment, you know, where they hugged and embraced because I guess Tommaso Champa going to the main roster is he's kind of the last of the Triple H guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess that was the point behind that moment. But you weren't supposed to see that necessarily unless you had Peacock Premium Plus for whatever reason. So, yeah. Well, probably because they just let the feed go. I mean, you can't right. on a regular TV show or movie. Yeah, you don't get commercials, but on a live event, I assume you're just going to get the in between the in between feed. It would be interesting. I don't know what else you have on live sports. I don't know. Like, right. I know they have a soccer package, so it would be yeah. interesting to watch to see what you get. Right. Um, so after that, you had the NXT tag team titles on the line, triple threat match between the Creed brothers versus Imperium versus MSK three and a half stars here. Good work all around MSK 
regained the tag team titles. Uh, after that, you had a vignette from Nikita Lyons, one of my favorite newcomers. Big fan of her talent, Leonard. Her, her, I'm, I am aware of, and yes, I would, I would agree. I need, I need to watch some more Nikita Lyons. I've only seen like her debut, which I know got a lot of press. Right. So. Uh, after that, you had the NXT Women's Title on the line: Fatal Four Way, Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray versus Io Shirai versus Cora Jade. Uh, Core Jade is very green. I don't know a lot about her. There was some sloppy moments in this. I gave it three stars all around. Um, but uh, Mandy Rose retained as she should have. Uh, Kaylee Ray is really good, but I don't think any of these women were really ready to, to move up to that main spot, at least from what I could see. After this, they had something, Leonard, that I almost wish you would have seen because you would have hated it. Um, it was this vignette uh, with... It was a mixed, like, couple vignette where mm. they were trying to pick the hottest couple or the hottest man who dressed as a cowboy, something like that. It was horrible. I'm not even going to mention the names. Like, a couple of these people, I don't even know who they are. It was bad. What, oh. what, what was this now? They were just, like, voting on... There were two couples, and the women were trying to dress up their men as to be the best looking cowboy why i don't know because they were in texas okay. uh you know because they weren't they were in texas right. okay so um, after that you had gunther walter versus la yeah. knight uh walter is in i'm gonna keep calling him walter i don't care walter. Uh, he, he is in great shape like you know, go ahead oh uh, no i was gonna say and i call la knight eli drake there you, <laughs> there you go well, so if anybody's watched Walter's matches in the past, like he he's a big guy. He's really, really leaned out now. Um, really, really in great shape. This was about three and a quarter stars. LA Knight was working hard here, um, but I enjoyed it for what it was. The main event was Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler for the NXT title. Dolph Ziggler retains here. Uh, you saw the Frankensteiner. It was I gave this three and three quarter stars. This was good work. And uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of shocking to see Dolph Ziggler retain. Um, but then the festivities would continue later on that night. I believe the pre-show, which was no matches, was just kind of build packages, started at 6. Um, the main card of WrestleMania 38, night one, started at 8 o'clock at AT&T Stadium. And Bradley Gilbert opened by singing America the Beautiful. And He's docked. <laughs> it was and you know what I, i'm not gonna bash him totally because i feel like wrestling events are hard to perform at i've always and it's not like it's the venue it's i feel like it's the fans and the fact that like not a lot of the fans probably knew who this man was even though they lived in or around texas yes and I mean, I've been to a WrestleMania, you know, P. Diddy performed at the one I was at. And even that was, you know, it's odd to watch a concert at a wrestling event. It just is. Um, but yes, Bradley Gilbert. And he was less than great. And we, Leonard and I were talking uh, in a text. And I made a comment about how it's rare for anybody to sing this and be remembered. And you replied right away to like the, <laughs> the two or three people that I would have said. Ray Charles, 
Aretha Franklin and Tito Santana's sister, Ariba McIntyre. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, those are, those are the three. Like, those are the three. Those are the three. You know, and it's all my, my, my wife kind of checked in and out as I was watching both nights. And, uh, and she asked me about why are they singing America Beautiful and not the national anthem. And I said, that they've always done that. Yeah, I, I think that's just one of Vince's things. Uh, yeah. And when you have a deal with Peacock, you get to have Mark Wahlberg do your opening video. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he's, he's plugging a movie. Right. It's Father Stu in theater yeah. soon. Um, and then you had the Dallas cheerleaders. Not going to complain about that. It's just, I don't know. It's funny to me because they were always like kind of looking down upon the Nitro girls and stuff when they were around. But like, here you go. Dallas cheerleaders. Why? Because we can. That's, <laughs> I'm not well, going to Dallas, they're iconic. I don't Absolutely. know. You're not going to trot out Dak Prescott, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it, better if it's cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, so your opening match would be for the SmackDown tag team titles, uh, the Usos versus Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Leonard, what'd you think about this one? I, I, I prefer the team name of Boogamura. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. They should be more. Uh, you know, I I I told I told you this. Rick Rick Boogs is my current favorite WWE wrestler, considering I've only seen him twice. He was at the Royal Rumble and 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 and, and here. Uh, he was your favorite. Who knows how long he's going to be out? <laughs> he yes yes true true true. Um, you know. Uh, I think this makes a good opener because you've got three guys in Nakamura and the Usos who can work an up-tempo pace, a striking style, can work in some big moves, so can pop the crowd, wake them up, get them going. And then with Boogs, you've got a guy who is definitely on the rise. I mean, he got a great reaction from the crowd. They were into him. He's got a unique look, um, great power moveset. I loved how he was doing like that. Not only did he do a stalling suplex, he was kneeling. He was doing like, it's crazy. And then one thing I noticed when he did a pin, not only did he hook the leg, he took his other leg and draped it over the one Uso's leg. So he's doing a double leg hook. Those, like, those little nuances are important. Right, 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 right. He was so good. And then, of course, the knee injury, I thought, was 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 a work. I thought it was so part of the story. So did yes. I. I thought it was part of the storyline. Later on, they, it seemed like they carried him out. Yeah, and so then I was like, "Ooh, maybe this, maybe this was not supposed to happen." Yeah, because they established in the video package that he had faked a knee injury, but he had had knee issues and etc. Right. So I thought it was part of the, uh, you know, part of the plan. Uh, but uh, but this also gives you, depending on how long he's out, a lot of storytelling potential. You know, that's a good reason for them to get a rematch. Or you have Nakamura turn on Boogs because he blames him for the loss. Or you could have Boogs saying, hey, I faked it and I turned on, and turned on him because he's tired of carrying Nakamura. So you have a lot of storytelling potential out of this. Um, the, the, this is one of those matches that during the time I thought it was okay as it's kind of set with me a few days, especially considering the fact that the Usos and Nakamura had to rebook it on the fly, you know, what they were going to do with the boobs injury. Um, I thought this is, this is a really good opener. It entertained me and I enjoyed it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I gave this two and a quarter stars. I thought it was too short. We know why it was probably short. Yes, yes. Um, I thought it was decent work. I just, I thought it could have been better. That's not against Rick Boogs. It's just, it is what it is. I, you know, I was hoping it would be a little bit better than what it was, but it was decent for what it was as well. Um, so the next match, we would have Happy Corbin with Mad Cat Moss versus Drew McIntyre. I gave this two stars. Um, I thought it was predictable. And, you know, the guys, these two guys are fine workers. I just, I thought that this feud was, had run its course well before this. And I don't think anybody really gave a crap. And, you know, they had to have Drew McIntyre, you know, chop the ring ropes because I guess, you know, that meant something. But it is so, yeah, I thought this, this was predictable and kind of run of the mill. This was my least favorite match of night one and one of my least favorites overall on, on the weekend. Um, and yeah, I, I think both of these guys, I think they've just, they've worked with each other so much, even though, you know, I'm not watching the current product. I know this has been a long running feud. Right. So I think maybe, maybe they're just tired of working with each other. I think Drew McIntyre is probably not given a hundred percent right now. He has fallen a lot from WrestleMania a couple years ago. So I don't know how he's feeling in, in general. Um, yeah. It felt kind of awkward, kind of disjointed. You had Moss jumping up on the apron at one point, which was a terrible distraction. Uh, but, but then Corbin yells at him, but nothing comes of that. I was like, Oh, Moss is going to turn on him. And then he doesn't do anything. And then two, when he gets up there, like the referee doesn't yell at him. Right. I don't know the name of the referee. It's one of the female referees. She's horrible. She's possibly the worst referee I've ever seen ever in professional wrestling because she stands there. She's always out of position. She doesn't do anything. Um, she, you, know, you know, Moss is on the apron. Tell him to get down. You know why she didn't? Because she knew what was coming. Exactly. That's why she didn't. Yeah. The, timing, uh, the timing of... The talent, the timing of the referees is so out of whack and unfocused to me mm -hmm. all across the board. And like the quality of the referees in WWE specifically has gone down so much over the years. Yeah. Like it's just it's night and day when you watch WWE or any other promotion. Well, and, you know, we're going we're gonna to talk later about the uh, you know, Rousey Flair batch, of course. But who got that? Charles Robinson. Because right. he's probably only dude they can trust right yeah yeah and we'll and, and we'll get to that but she she really like i'm angry you can hear the anger in my voice about how much <laughs> i hate i hate her um but but yeah I, I, it was just not a very good match at, at all uh like you said i think the timing and the chemistry and everything in this was just off and that's all to say considering that i know this has been a long-running feud right well the next match, we had Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Um, up until this point, I would have called this the best match of the night. <laughs> it was entertaining for what it was. Yeah. Uh, the turn at the end was blah to me. I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Did they explain that on Raw? If they did, they did it during a part that I wasn't watching. I saw okay. The Miz come out. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't... I don't remember if he said, I don't know if they're like going to have another match. I don't know who would care. But it was confusing to me because Logan Paul 
is an A1 douchebag. Right. And Miz hits him with it and gets a face pop because of that. Right. Act like a heel. And then they cart Logan off like you would a face that got beat up. Yeah. So if you're trying to make Logan Paul a face, that's a bad idea because nobody's going to buy it. A horrible idea. And then there was an exclusive interview clip with Logan Paul where he drops (laughs) F-bombs. Like, so they didn't show that many places. You know, it it was just, I don't know. It was just bad. But the match was fine for what it was. Logan Paul was okay in the ring. Uh, You know, I would, you know put him on par with bad bunny in terms of his skill. He obviously worked hard to, to do that stuff. So. Uh, well, him and Dominic both are, and Dominic should be further along than he is, but they, they do moves, but they don't know why they're doing the move. Right. They're not telling a story. They're just doing a, doing a move. Right. And this is actually one of the matches that my wife watched with me. She knows who Logan Paul is. And she hated Miz and Paul and wanted them to get beat up. And she liked the Mysterio. She liked the father and son connection that they had. And I said, see, that's them doing their job. Like, you don't know who this is. You sat down and within seconds you went, I hate those guys. I love those guys. Right. And right. and they, they, they did their job. So, yeah, I was very entertained by this. I like this. I like the Miz. I know a lot of people don't. I think he does a good job you know, with his character, his ring work has vastly improved. I mean, he's pretty good anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, this was, I, the, the, my favorite spot was probably Paul doing the three amigos and then the frog splash. Cause that was crazy heat. I mean, that oh, was, yeah, it was a dagger in the heart, man. That was a good, that was a good call. I think on letting him do that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, like you, the, the, the turn doesn't make sense, but the match itself was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and it, it's time for them to make a decision on Dominic Mysterio. I agree with you that he should be farther along than what he is. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the two of them in the ring, yes, the father-son dynamic, it, it was fun for a while, but he's not his father's on his father's level in terms of in-ring. No, no, he's, no. Just, he's just not. And you know what? That's not a knock on Dominic Mysterio. We have to remember Rey Mysterio was wrestling in a ring since he was like nine. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and and in Mexico and working with legendary luchadors and traveled all over the world and has worked with just so much different talent and from a different era. You know, Dominic is learning the WWE style. Exactly. He wrestles like a WWE wrestler. Right. While Ray wrestles like Ray. Right. Which is, you know, the WWE style is just a whole nother conversation, I feel like. Um, so after that, you had Stephanie McMahon come out and introduce Gable Steveson, who is an Olympic gold medalist and has been What's that? He will flop. He will be the next bust. Yeah. You see, and like they've been showing him here and there in the crowd for a while now. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is like the signal that they want to start putting him into matches. But if they are intending for him to have the same charisma as Kurt Angle, wrestling fans can tell right now that that's not the case. And I, you know, what's funny to me is when I was watching this, they introduce him as like this Olympic hero and this Olympic gold medalist as a face. 
And that was specifically what they, why they introduced Kurt Angle as a heel. <laughs> because yeah. they knew that if they brought him out as this goody two-shoes, the crowd would crap all over it and it wouldn't make any sense. They were like, you need to be cocky and conceited. And that's why Kurt Angle got over so quick. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens with Gable Steveson. But uh, yeah, I, like you, I, I don't have high hopes there. So um, after this, we would have the Raw Women's title. Big time mm-hmm. Bex versus Bianca Belair. The entrances. This is where you would start with the very grand entrances. Um, I really like this match. I gave it four stars out of five. And I, I thought that this was really good work from both involved. I kind of see figured where they were going as far as who would win mm-hmm. uh bianca would defeat becky lynch but uh i i like this what'd you think this is my uh, number one match of the weekend it was fantastic from start to finish uh i did i do think that uh, we talked about this that becky lynch looks like gigi dolan with the new hair um, but I like the opening playing off of the SummerSlam match they had. I like Becky's urgency, how that sort of morphed into scared desperation. Right. Uh, there was a good, just good storytelling from the start. Um, Bianca using the disarmor at one point, I thought was, was a cool idea. Uh, the, the hair pull spot on the outside with the throw into the steps was a good spot. Um, just the leg drop when Bianca was over the ropes and Becky hits her with the leg drop was a good spot. Uh, the second rope 450 was insane and should have been the finish. Some of these matches on the weekend suffered from false finishes. Like, like it, here's the thing. Bianca hit something you've never seen before. And that's not, that doesn't get the win. But the thing she does every single night wins. Right. So if you're going to do something like that, man, it's got to be your finish. Um, I give the announced team credit for trying to cover Becky's botch. She was it's when she was coming to the top rope, and they wound up calling it a top rope rolling thunder kick. <laughs> yeah. She missed. She missed. It's okay. It happens. Uh, but yeah, I just thought this the storytelling for me. Not only do they have a lot of background to use, but the storytelling of the match itself. Uh, I love the movesets, the eclectic movesets that both women used here. I, I, I thought this was just the most complete match of everything on the weekend. Yeah, no, it was really good. Um, so after this, you would have Seth Rollins versus a mystery opponent. We've been hearing rumors. And is it going to be Shane? Is it going to be Marco Stunt? Who knows who's, who it's going to be? But it ended up being Cody Rhodes. Finally, the rumors have proved to be true. Cody Rhodes returns. And uh, so I liked this match a little bit better than the Becky Lynch-Bianca Belair match. I gave this four and a quarter stars. Um, These guys really, really worked well together. And I just thought that this was really entertaining uh, in ring work. And I'll say this, so far... Everything that Leonard and I talked about is proving to be the case. So he came out, he got a big pop. Yeah. And we knew that he would. We knew that he would come out to a big pop. And, you know, there was a, a, a promo on Raw. We'll get there. But uh, now is where it'll be interesting to see what happens to Cody Rhodes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So 
Leonard, what did you think of the match, though? <clears throat> oh, I, 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 I thought this is my number two match of the weekend. So kind of, I'm, I'm with you, but flipped a little bit, like very close. If I would give Becky and Bianca four, four and a quarter, this is four stars for me. Um, I, I, you know, they paid off what people were predicting, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think this was the best outcome that they could, uh, you know, could, could have done. And I'm glad that Cody did get a good, good reaction when he came out. Um, I think they did a little too much shtick at, at the start. That was one thing that, that kind of got me out of it. And I think it took him a, a little bit to get into a groove. Yeah, with, there was a lot, there was a lot of feeling uh, out going on. Yeah, yeah. You know, once it got going, it got it got really good. Um, I like the arm work by Cody throughout. Uh, then Seth starts working the ribs after the dropkick counter. Uh, the barricade bomb was cool. I like that spot. Um, the inverted suplex from the top rope was cool into the dragon sleeper slam thing. I mean, uh, the Cody cutter should have been the finish again. You do something we've never seen before, but I'm going to keep going. Uh, the rolling crossroads though, that could have been a good finish because it's a rolling crossroads. It's not just one. What I didn't like was he did the two and then he stopped and he did the flip flop and fly and then did the third. I understand doing the tribute to your dad, but you do that early. That's like the first couple minutes in. You yeah, do that. I, I thought that, that was awkward as well. Um, as the transition, it's awkward where it was at. Uh, the Cody Cutter was a move that he would do in AEW, by the way. Um, okay, but what top rope like that he did? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. sometimes. Okay, yeah. okay, because I knew I knew the Cody Cutter was a thing, but I I never I seen him doing like a flying one. Yeah, it's kind of morphed into like a DDP type. Thing. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway. Or RKO, yeah. Good match. Uh, so they announced the attendance as uh, 77,899 for night one. But, you know, if you look at some of the tweets that I saw, it, it was around 65 potentially tickets sold, 65,000 thereabouts. Here's the thing. Tickets sold isn't everybody in the building. That's exactly what I was going to say. WWE always measures it by how many people are in the building. And uh, so there you go. Make of that what you will. Um, the next match was Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's title. And there were some botches here, but this was better than I expected it to be. And they moved at a really fast pace here. Mm -hmm. I gave this three and three quarter stars. Like I said, I didn't expect this to be as good as what it was, um, but I liked it a lot. And I, one of the main reasons I liked it as much as I did is because the right person won. Yeah, I I, I did a fantasy pick em, and this was the only match I missed on night one because all signs pointed to, to Rousey winning, of course. Right. And, th and this was actually my number my number four match on on the on the weekend. So of my top five, three came from night one. So you can tell I like night one a lot better than I like night two. Um, yeah, this was kind of awkward to start, and I didn't think I was going to like it. But the more it went on, the more I liked it as, as it went. Um, I, I, I thought that Rousey was kind of dead in the water. But then the crowd was kind of blah. I was like, yeah, they're not going to get into this. But as soon as Rousey got on offense, they lit up. They right. popped everything she did. She blinked. They popped for it. So that kind of, you know, proved me wrong. I thought she was not doing as well this time. I don't think she is ring-wise because they're not protecting her as much. But the crowd are still into her. I felt like they were trying to do more of an, like an MMA-style match, especially early yes. on. 
more hard hitting. Uh, yeah, but it didn't. And what was up with that botched moonsault? Yeah, Charlotte did. I don't know what that was. That was just a botch. See, I wondered um, if I wondered if Rousey was out of position. Maybe I don't know. Who knows? Like, yeah, because at first I thought she was going. She did a backflip. I thought she was going to do a backflip to a standing moonsault. I was like, well, that's kind of neat. It's kind of redundant. That's, that's what neat. it usually is. Yeah, and then she just kind of flopped. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's longer than I thought it was. It was about 18 minutes. I figured it would only be about 10. Um, you know, Flair winning was a surprise. As you said, you know, I, I like Charlotte Flair. She is the 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 cream of the, of, of the, the women's division they have. Again, Charles Robinson's in there because he's the only referee that got that could probably take a bump and sell yeah. it right, right. And get up right. And this is great fuel for a rematch. You know, Vince's thing is always the money's in the chase. Right. So I would predict that Rousey will get the belt at some point. I don't know if they're going to go all the way to SummerSlam. They might. But the fact that Charlotte did tap out with no referee to see it, I mean, that gives Rousey – the ability to get that rematch, but to finish while a little little wonky, it works. And most of the finishes were were clean or fairly clean on both nights. There wasn't a lot of, of overbooking with the finishes, aside from from maybe drawing some of the matches out. But but I did I did appreciate that. Yeah, see, I'm I'm going to be surprised if if Rousey actually does a whole lot more. Um, but we'll see. I don't know if she's mm-hmm. in it long term. Yeah, I do not know what her contract is. If it's something where she's where she's leaving before the summer, no. But I think if, if even if they have her to say the end of the year, like next Rumble, right? I would assume that to get your money's worth out of her, you got to put the belt on her for at least a couple months, right? Well, our main event of night one was the KO show with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I was very surprised that this turned into what it was uh, mm-hmm. because we talked about it on this show. And this would turn into a no-holds-barred match mm-hmm. between Kevin Owens and Stone Cold. And it goes without saying that Stone Cold moves a little bit slower. It's been 19 years, for goodness sakes. Um, and the no-holds-barred aspect was put there to protect him, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, Stone Cold is known as a brawler, and that's pretty much what this was. Um, you had uh, a nasty cut. For Kevin Owens uh, there, I believe it was on his back, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, this, the gasp of the crowd when Kevin Owens <laughs> stunned him, to me, was really, really great. Um, I was hoping that they would at least let that happen. Like, nobody expected Kevin Owens to win. But I was hoping they would have Kevin Owens stun him because that would have gotten a reaction, and it did. Um, so I thought that this was okay for what it was. I wasn't. It wasn't a Bret Hart, Vince McMahon embarrassment fest. No. It was fine for what it was that you kind of understand why it was a match. His first match was in Dallas. His last match is in Dallas. We get that. I respect it. I gave this about three stars. I was fine with it. You had Byron Saxton get stunned. You had a moment with his brother. I'm glad we finally were able to learn who that was at that point. Like he threw, I don't know if you noticed this letter. He threw his brother a beer at one point. His brother dropped the beer in the stands, but with that, oh, before, no. that was before we really knew who that was. Cause he yeah. pointed it, he pointed to the crowd and then he threw the guy a beer and he dropped it. And I was like, who the hell was that guy? 
And then he gets in the ring and you realize it's his brother. And that was a cool moment though, too. So what'd you think of this? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't like the talking segment, the interview segment. I was bored by it. I was checking out. That was probably the only time of the night I've started. Well, I, I was texting you and, and our friend Ronnie, but other than that, you know, that was when I was trying to check Facebook and, and, and stuff because <laughs> I was bored by them talking. It bored me. Um, this and of course what we're gonna talk about on night two was was like a it was like a it was like a reverse bait and switch. Yeah. Because at the very beginning it was well, Owens and Austin are gonna have a match. And then it becomes, well, no, they're not. It's gonna be just a segment. And then it turns into a match. So, but I think you could have done the interview segment on SmackDown, make that the SmackDown main event, and use it to announce this on Saturday. I agree. To build to that. That's what I would have done. The match itself, like you said, it was what it was. It reminded me of a very old school ECW style match uh, with how they fought into the crowd, the use of a of, of few weapons, uh, you know, like a table. I mean, credit to Austin for some of the, the bumps he took, like the suplex on the concrete floor. Uh, the throw of, of Owens from over the barrier onto the announce table. I like that. That was kind of a, of, of a neat thing. Uh, when they drove the ATV up the ramp to the entrance stage, I wondered if Austin could walk that far. Right. That's where they had to drive. Um, you know, the, the chair ricochet was kind of dumb, which led to the ending when he hit the chair off the ropes and Owens knocked himself with it. Um, did this match pop the crowd? Yeah. Was it the top thing people were talking about the next day? Yeah. Uh, so mission accomplished. Uh, I mean, it kind of still leaves a bit of a bad taste in my mouth because it shows a little bit about how creatively bankrupt and dependent on past stars they are. I mean, they had to dig decrepit Steve Austin out of the mothballs yeah. um, to to pop a quote-unquote rating, not a TV rating, but get eyeballs on the product. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I like the idea that Austin was able to kind of go out more on his own power you know this time yeah it's been 19 years he looked decent for for his age and and with all the health issues he's had so i don't think i would have closed with this it's risky to close with it yeah it was the biggest thing that popped the crowd i don't know what you would have to have followed it but i don't know if i necessarily would have have closed with with this right well i i mean i understand why they closed with it i i will say that i do think that they should have announce this beforehand i i don't yeah. like the whole john cena undertaker thing with the wrestlemania i forget which one it was i, I don't understand this we're going to tease this we're not going to announce it officially and we're just going to expect you to be excited about it when it just suddenly is introduced like i don't i don't get that to me that goes against the whole building of the anticipation for the weekend thing to me yeah well i think about on night one you had Steve Austin is going to talk to Kevin Owens. That's not a match. You have Seth Rollins against a mystery opponent. We have no idea what that match is. Right. So you only really had the two women's matches as, as something fully announced. Right. Ahead of time that you could push. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that ended night one. Night two, we would have Jesse James Decker singing America the Beautiful. And uh, she was probably a little bit better than Bradley Gilbert. She, what do you think? She, she, was, she was better. I don't know who she is. Um, but <laughs> I, 
I, I, she comes from the Mariah Carey school of just do a bunch of runs. Right. It's almost like I said with Paul and Dominic is like, she is singing, but she doesn't know why she's singing that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the, uh, the era we're in. Yeah. Um, you would have Triple H introduce WrestleMania night too. He would leave mm-hmm. his boots in the ring, which I thought was, uh, you know, a nice touch. Um, and this would start off with a triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team titles between RK Bro, Alpha Academy, and the Street Profits. And in case you didn't hear our last show, this would mean that Randy Orton has now tied the big show for WrestleMania opening matches. He is at four. I think he can break it. I think he can break it. I, 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 think, I think he gets the five next year. He's going to get the five. <laughs> so uh, I like this. I gave this three and three quarter stars. Um, good work by all these teams. I, I like all these guys. Uh, they're, you know, even you know, like I like Alpha Academy a lot. I like the Street Profits. All six guys, I think, do really good work. And uh, I didn't expect RK Bro to lose, and they didn't. What do you think? Okay. This match didn't do much for me. I mean, it was kind of there. Uh, I do agree with you. I like all six of these guys, but it's one of those multi-man matches where everybody gets a moment to shine, but doesn't really come together for a complete story. Um, And I don't know if I like this match and the later women's tag match on the same night. I probably would put those on two different nights since they're multi-tag team matches. Um, I like... uh, like, uh, I, b- I believe I'm in the minority, even though you said you liked them too. I do like Otis and Gable. And I think it's one of those examples of where you had two guys that kind of stalled out and you put them together and they managed to get over. Yeah. And kind of fight themselves. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, this kind of felt like a second hour, like top of the second hour raw match. Um, and actually in that pick em that I mentioned, I did most people didn't think RK bro was going to retain. They just got the titles, and the crowd loves them. So right, not, I mean, yeah, they're, they're the most take it off of them. Yeah, they're the most over thing you've got. So why, why would you? Um, cool final sequence uh, with the uh, uh, what was it? it? Was the it was what it was the uh, double uh, double RKOs? Oh yeah, I just wrote cool final sequence, but I didn't write what the cool final sequence was, and I don't remember now. <laughs> it was really cool though. Yes, it was cool. Whatever it was, whatever it wanted to be, it was cool. It wasn't memorable, but it was cool at the time. So yeah, this is. I I I think now I as I said, I like night one better, a lot better than the night two. So I don't think this was as good as an opener as the night one opener. Uh, and 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 I'll just say now, I would give night one probably an eight to an eight point five on a ten scale. I'm going to give night two like a five point five to a six, uh, and we'll talk more about that as as we go. But if you're comparing night to night. This was okay, but not as good. Even with the Boogs injury, I think I like that opener a lot better. And we forgot to mention that right after this triple threat match, you would have Gable Stevenson and uh, Chad Gable get into a confrontation, um, which it makes sense, but, you know, it's just... The loser can no longer be Gable. You can you can see a mile away what they're doing, and like they're just gonna have Chad Gable like get squashed by this guy, and I I, I don't see the point. Like I understand pushing Gable Stevenson, I get it, but like both of these guys have wrestling experience, amateur wrestling experience. So like make it good. I I don't know. They're not gonna do that though. 
Um, I'll make it terrible on purpose. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Bobby Lashley versus Almost, and uh, I was dreading that they were just going to have Bobby Lashley get squashed by this guy. I was like, oh, God, this guy's like Bobby Lashley's been world champion twice in like the past year. Like, and now they're just going to have him get, you know, stomped by this dude. But thankfully, Bobby Lashley won. Uh, the mm-hmm. match with self was nothing. It was a star in three quarters for me. But uh, I'm glad Bobby Lashley won. And I'm, you know, because where are they going to go with almost? Nowhere. Well, I, this was in the pick of my did. This was the match I missed on night two. Okay. Uh, because I figured almost would win. He, I would have gotten star. it wrong too if I had predicted. Yeah, because he's the star in the making. Lashley could absorb any loss just fine. I, I know almost is green, but he's a huge physical specimen. The crowd seems to be into him. He's got a standard big move set, but like those clubbing blows to start the match with had a smack to him. You could hear him. The Undertaker's um, gone though. Who's he gonna feud with? <laughs> I, I know I Sami Zayn, <laughs> yeah. Marco Stunt. They're gonna hire Marco Stunt specifically to feud with almost. Did you hear that rumor, by the way, about the mystery opponent thing with Marco Stunt? No, I had not heard. That was the rumor I hadn't heard. Apparently, his contract with AEW, if it hasn't ended already, it will end soon. So, like, people were legit. I don't know if it was. I guess it was a joke. We're yeah. saying that like he was gonna be signed and that he was gonna be the mystery opponent. I think that's hilarious. They're never going to hire Marco Stunt. But. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, yeah. The 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 press slam I thought was was impressive. Um, you know, it was kind of slow. It felt longer than it was. This was probably well. We're getting to something later. I would say this is maybe close to being the worst match for me of night two. Um and and this one of my yeah this, actually this this isn't the one I rated the lowest now that I'm yes playing. yes but it would be cool it would be close for me I would I would say this is probably my second lowest match of of night two and probably probably of 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 the weekend as as well right. um so yeah all right well our next match uh, I'm going to preface our next match by saying so I've been stuck in the house here for a little bit and because it's on Paramount Plus. I decided for night two to watch Jackass Forever just because it's there. It's yeah. free. And I was like, you know what? I'll watch Jackass Forever. Um, and, you know, it was a Jackass movie. There, you know, I don't think I don't think my wife and I have watched it yet. Uh, she she likes Jackass. She actually watched this mass watch with me. Yeah. And, and, the movie itself is fun. It, it, if yeah. you like the other ones and you find entertainment value in them, then yeah. you'll like jackass forever and i say that because of course the next match is johnny knoxville versus Sami Zayn. anything goes and <laughs> this was my favorite thing of the weekend leonard i know you're gonna hate when i say it. like i this loved, was my number three match this is my I, number three match of the weekend i loved this so much and i didn't think i would but the way they did this and i i'm gonna say now because i watched the movie it was almost like the perfect like prologue <laughs> for for this match uh because there were some people that got in there that i i didn't know who they were by name if i hadn't watched the movie um so i thought that this was great it was ridiculous zany fun but the crowd was so into this and yeah. the fact that we're seeing memes that compare 
Hogan slamming Andre with Wee Man slamming Sami Zayn yeah. to me is just gold. So, I, yeah, I mean, in-ring technicality, you can't really rate this for that, but I gave, for sheer entertainment value, I gave this four and a half stars. <laughs> I, You know what? It, I will surprise you. This is my number three match of, of the weekend. I absolutely adored this. Like I said, my wife watched it with me. She loved it. We had a great time. And she made a brilliant observation, I thought. Sami Zayn did a jackass sketch instead of Johnny Knoxville being forced to wrestle a match. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you, I hope that whoever, uh, Vince and everybody in the back, th- I hope they gave a tip of the top hat to Sami Zayn. Yeah. There are not many people that would have done what he did. Basically. Yeah. And two, because Jenny said that, she, you know, she thought that that Knoxville, you know, wasn't supposed to, you know, uh, do stuff like this anymore, that he had, you know, had severe head trauma and, and, and that. And I said, you know, Sammy's one, like, the safest worker that they probably have. Yeah. Um, and willing to work with Johnny. Like, if, if, if I had to have a match, Sammy would probably be one of the guys I would I would trust to protect me. Because I, I – they gave – Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn, and Steve Austin, Kevin Owens. Yes, yes, because they're going to – yeah, Kevin would be another guy that I would I would trust to protect me. So, um, I mean, if you're going to use Knoxville, this was the best use of them. A lot of weird weapons, let him get thrown around, let the jackass guys help him out. The mousetrap table was freaking genius. I love that. That's something we've never seen before. Um, my wife called Wee Man after she saw Pontius – She's like, I hope Wee Man comes out. And then he did. Right. <laughs> uh, the giant hand gimmick was funny as hell. Um, and I, I know uh, uh, Mark Henry tweeted that he was proud of his son debuting at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. So Which that was, was great. Fantastic. The extra large mousetrap for the finish I thought was overkill. And it didn't work right. Johnny basically had to bust it to make yeah, it Yeah, there was, there was so a box tip, there, but... Yeah, tip to Johnny for making it work, though. Yeah, yeah, like, he, he out, immediately changed course. Yeah, yeah, he means like this isn't gonna work. Oh, and the uh, the the like the shoe, the nut kicking, the automatic nut kicker device that didn't quite work either. I don't, I don't think that that I don't think they workshopped that one enough. Yeah. Uh, but overall, yeah, I agree with you. This was a lot better than I thought it was gonna be in the fact that it just leaned into the craziness of it it just took it by the horns and was what it was it was it was good yeah um the next match was for the ladies tag team titles you had carmella and queen Zelina versus sasha banks and naomi versus live for brutality versus natalia and Shayna baszler and i gave this three stars uh it was a obvious change in approach to what we had seen previously Mm -hmm. and uh yeah this was just these girls all tried to do fine work but this was we need to fit as many of these ladies onto the card as we can to get them a paycheck and you had sasha banks and naomi win which i did not predict um i would have predicted live for brutality to win this but uh but yeah so you have new ladies tag team champs this was okay for what it was Leonard? There's too many people here, like you said, I was just trying to fit everyone and get a paycheck. Um, most of those teams felt like they were cobbled together. Again, I don't know who's hanging out with who on a regular basis. 
Um, I think Ripley and Morgan versus Banks and Naomi would have been fine. Just do that. Um, also, what was up with Carmella's mask? What is that story? Uh, apparently, it's supposed to protect her beautiful face. Okay. Because my, my wife saw that and was scared. She thought it was like something you would see in a horror movie. It's creepy and stupid. Yes. You know, we know what they need to do. They need to do some sort of angle where it gets stuck on her face and she can't take it off. Like a man in the iron mask. They're doing this weird angle with her and Corey Graves who are, you know, legit getting married. Yes. In real life. But like they're doing that, this whole PDA thing on camera now. And I, I just don't, I'm happy for them, but I don't care. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and the end of this match totally broke down. There was so much illegal stuff going on. Again, the referee did nothing to keep order here. There was illegal tags. I know it's like it's a slap tag because of the way the thing is. But there was a tag at one point where Zelina Vega, I think, was legal, was on the outside of the ring on the ropes. And the tag was her getting shoved for How the hell does that count? <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. double tower doom spot was cool. That was it. That was anything I liked about this match. This would be yeah. one of my bottom five of the weekend. Yeah. Um, your next match was Edge versus AJ Styles. Uh, I liked this a lot. Um, I liked it about as much as I liked Cody and Seth Rollins. I gave this four and a quarter stars. And uh, the ending was fine for what it was. It was an obvious setup for what will be, from what I understand anyway, a stable, an edge stable. And uh, you had um, a new member join there, <laughs> join him today uh, during this match, which was cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was this match, you expected it to be pretty good and it was good. So what do you think? This was my number five match of the weekend, but I was still extremely disappointed by it. It was not nearly as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, you could tell that they positioned this to be the wrestling match. Yeah, uh, for week two. It was almost 25 minutes. I, I did think it was nicely p- paced, but slower than some of the other stuff that we had seen. Uh, nice story. I mean, told playing off of the different injuries and, and how they're both older guys. Uh, it was a very classic style wrestling match. So you think I would have liked it, but there was, I don't know, it, it, it kind of bored me to, to, a, to a degree. Um, nice work on the shoulder by Edge. Good selling by AJ with that. Um, I feel like I should say like I should say more, but I can't really find it. I'm like, it's a good match. But next year, when you ask people, "Hey, what were your favorite matches from last year? What do you remember from last year?" This one isn't going to get named. I don't think people are going to remember this one off the top of their heads. Um, and um, I didn't like Priest coming out and just standing there was a waste. Like I hate that type of distraction. Like he doesn't have to interfere, but he has to do something. He has to right. he has to yell at Styles. He has to get mix it up somehow. He just stands there like this, and AJ Styles like, "Oh my God, Jimmy Priest!" and like loses. That was how he reacted. You're right. That's exactly um, how he reacted, and I hate that type of interference. Standing there should not be considered he interference. Could have said something at least because this interference was pretty much based solely on camera angle. Like if you look at the camera angle. It's like, okay, well, he's in AJ's eyesight and AJ noticed him, but it's like in the big scheme of things, all he had to do was yell, hey, or AJ or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, just distract him. You know, in my opinion, this is what knocks it down. That knocked it down probably a 
a half a star at least for me because right. I think it's the finish that makes AJ look stupid and Edge look weak because he can't win without some guy just standing there. Right. So that that and again you could tell like that upset me how bad that was. <laughs> And this match also had the referee I hate, and she didn't do it any favors. So Yeah, I, I can tell your anger. Uh, yes. They announced the attendance after this, and they messed that up. And the announcer announced the attendance as 77,453, but the display said 78,453. And I don't really care either way, but it just goes to show you. Do they even know? Probably not. Um the next match was initially cut from night one, but they put it here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch. They cut it all together. Yeah. Versus Kofi and Xavier of the New Day. I gave this a star and a half. This was very short. I didn't like it. I don't know what they're doing with poor Pete Dunn. It may, you want to talk about anger. Like, they're ba- they name him Butch and they want him to like be akin to like one of the dogs on a cartoon who just hops around all the time. Like I, I don't understand. Pete Dunn is so great. Yeah. And he's such a great heel. I, I don't understand. So I didn't like this. Um, I don't think this match was necessary other than I guess to get these guys to check, but yeah it was barely a match i mean if you add the pre-match stuff and the actual match i don't think it altogether was five minutes um i don't know if this was a time issue or if xavier is still too injured to work a full match i know booking got changed because what happened with big e that this was originally going to be a six man right um it was pretty physical and up tempo it certainly puts sheamus's stable over really really strong and that's about all you can say about, right. about it. Yeah. Um, so after this, they would do recaps of night one. Well, throughout this whole night, they would do recaps of night one. Yeah. I say. Um, after the, that, though, they would have the Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory match. You would have Vince McMahon at ringside for this. Um, the, this particular match, I gave about two and a half stars. Uh Pat McAfee is not somebody you're going to see in the ring on a regular basis. You know, he did some interesting stuff in this and uh, I was surprised to see him get the win uh, genuinely because if memory serves, I think they just had Austin theory main event and MSG house show with Brock Lesnar. So, uh, you know, I don't know what the theory is no pun intended behind this booking, but um, yeah, this this was what it was. Uh, like I said, this made, this WrestleMania was very celebrity heavy, mm-hmm. and I, you know, so this was what it was. I don't. They tried to make this a, a feud. I don't know if anybody really cared, but the crowd seemed to be into some of the stuff McAfee was doing. So, what did you think? McAfee was crazy over. I was kind of surprised by that, but it's just good that he played for an AFC team that nobody in Dallas gives a damn about. Yeah, if that's he true. Had- if he had punted for like Washington or for the San Eagles Francisco or the Eagles or something like that, yeah, he would have gotten booed right out of the building. Yeah, booed out of the building. I never, so. I never thought about that. That's funny. Yeah, nobody cares about the Colts down there. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, I don't get the whole McMahon theory deal. Like, I know how they set that up and all that. I don't see where it really fits. It was kind of funny to see them together and like Vince getting a selfie with Theory. Like that kind of made me laugh. 
Um, you know, and, and and props to Vince for like for licensing music. He the, the Pat McAfee came out the Seven Nation Army. Yeah. So like so in the past what twenty years, him and CM Punk are the only guys to get like you know licensed music for themselves. Yeah, it doesn't happen um, often. Um, no. Um, uh, you know, I was surprised by how much juice this match had. Like the, the people were into it. Like you said, the crowd was very hot for this. Uh, McAfee's moves was set was okay. You know, no real flow. Again, he kind of did something and then walked around, did something. Um, when McAfee bumped uh, Theory off the apron, I wanted him to land on McMahon. I thought that would have been hilarious. <laughs> uh, he picked up and and. I, I can't remember if it was Cole or Saxon was like, oh, McAfee's calling his own match. No one's ever done that before. I'm like, The Rock, The Rock did it like 87 times. The Rock did it every freaking night. Right, right. You yeah. know, you know, um, great height on that Swanton that McAfee did. Yeah. Uh, the backflip out of the superplex followed by the leap up. I yeah. mean, McAfee has mad prop, but mad ups. I give him that. You know, he he's pre-athletic. Uh, and the place went unglued when he won. And um, actually, I lied earlier. I did miss this match, too, on the pick'em because I figured that they would put Theory over via McMahon interference. Right. But then we get yeah. a bonus match. Yeah. Then we did get a bonus match with uh, mm -hmm. McAfee challenging Vince McMahon, which... Uh, Same thing as night one. It, it, was the bait, it was the reverse bait and switch. McAfee McMahon was what I was initially promised. They backed out of it a long, very long time ago. Yeah. And, and they decided to deliver that anyway. Yeah. And uh, this was probably my lowest rated match of the night, Leonard. I gave this yes. half a this star. Would be, this would be my lowest, yes. And one of the things, I'm not even going to comment on the in-ring stuff. I mean, Vince, for his age, obviously is still in shape. We all know that. Not as big as he used to be. But, I now, mean... No. May I be in such good shape in my mid-70s? I hope I'm not the only person that noticed that Vince McMahon missed his cue. Um, but if if you go back, Leonard, and I want – if you don't know what I'm talking about, you, I need you to go back and look okay. at it. So right after he wins, like he's in the ring with Theory, and Theory's music hits very briefly. And Vince thinks that's Stone Cold's music. He assumes that that's what's happening. And so he like reacts like wide-eyed. And then a couple seconds later, the glass breaks. Oh, I didn't notice. I did I didn't notice. No. I urge everybody to go back and watch that. Okay. It does indeed happen. Um, so yeah, Stone Cold comes out. This this is WWE playing the hits. Yeah. Um, and I just want to uh, basically comment on the stunner cells here. In one two-minute span of time, you had one of the best stunner cells I've ever seen. And what is easily the worst stunner I've ever seen anybody take. And the only person that did it worse was Vince himself way back when. And, you know, Austin Theory's stunner cell was amazing. It made Scott Hall's from uh, WrestleMania 18. Oh, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Right. This, but it was similar. Yeah. Um, but then Vince McMahon loses his balance, I guess. <laughs> you hate to laugh. I, I It was so funny, though. Like, Vince's cell was just god-awful. And you could even see a smile on Austin's face um, after that happened because even he knew it was shit. So, <laughs> but, yeah. What would you think of this whole shenanigans? Was was, was what it was. Right. Um, 
you know, and as I said, it's just the reverse bait and switch. Vince Vince is too old to be in there, even for a two minute match with McAfee. Um, you know, Austin. I don't think this added much to the overall, and I don't think Austin coming out added much to the overall. You right. could have just had McAfee winning and and taken that pop and moved on. Yeah, and this, this I guess was this thing, it tells me that like I guess a lot of people probably some people went to night one, some people went to night two, but they wanted to give the night two people Stone Cold in some way. Sure. Um, which I, which I understand. Um, and of course your main event was the winner take all champion versus champion Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Um, I gave this three stars. I don't think that this was the best outing that these two have had at all. And I'm going to be honest, I'm a Brock Lesnar fan and I don't like what they're doing. I like Roman Reigns heel, but I don't like what they're doing with his title reign because I know what they're doing with it. And so I was disappointed in the winner here. And now this tells me more than ever. And I don't know who specifically they want him to break uh, the record of, but they mentioned it many times going into this, that who is it? Pedro, Bruno, Hogan, and Backland, I think are the four that still are yes. above him in terms of number of days holding the belt. And that's exactly what they're going for. They had that weird kick there for a while where they wanted to break records. They had, um, I forget who it was, break CM Punk's title reign. Uh, was, it, was it Styles? It might, it might, it was somebody. It was, it, I forget who it was. But the point is, WWE goes through these like little trends where they want to break records. And that's clearly what they're doing. Like they want him to break. I'm assuming they're going to have him at least break Hogan's and if not Backlund's. I think the other two guys are on top of those, but um, yes, yes, so yeah. I, I believe in, I believe in order. If you want to say consecutive days, I believe it's Hogan, Backlund, Pedro, Bruno from the bottom up. Right, and, and Bruno had it for like years, so I don't know. It if was like over that. a thousand days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this match was fine. I thought it ended kind of abruptly. Um, again, I didn't expect this to go to Reigns. I, I really didn't. So I was a little bit disappointed because at this point then where do you go with with roman reigns but what did you think of this i think they're hoping for to for the rock see i would guess I that still too, I, I don't know I think, I, I think they're holding out for for the rock if it's not next year it'll be for 40 they're hanging they're holding out and that match doesn't need the title belt but no not they at all. May want, they may want to have the title belt i don't know Right. Um, we've seen this too much. You know, I don't think anybody thought Lesnar was, was going to win. I didn't think he was going to win. Uh, I that did. Pick, everyone. <laughs> that pick him I did, I think one person took Lesnar maybe, and that was the guy that always picks opposite of everybody because he <laughs> has an advantage. But think about it. If you're picking opposite every single time, you're just going to wind up with either the same record as everyone if you're right, you know, because you're <laughs> the other way. Or, it, it, you know, it's not going to it's not going to work out for you. Uh, 12 minutes was what I was figuring time-wise. I didn't think it would get to 15, but figured it'd be over 10. Um, I guess, you know, this is what you would guess. Lesnar controlled early with power moves. Reigns came back. The barricade spear was cool. Uh, the crowd seemed kind of out of this one. Like, like they weren't really into it too much. The spear into the Camaro was cool. Um, I liked how Heyman kind of, you know, ra you know, ra razzed. That's not the right word I'm looking for, uh, but uh, got, got rallied. That was the word I was looking for. Rallied, rallied um, 
Reigns, you know, it was really, you know, giving him, hey, you got to get up. You got to do it. My tribal chief, my tribal chief. Heyman is so good. Heyman might, at the end of the day, be the best manager of all time. Above Heenan for me, above Cornette for me. Because, my God, he's on such another level. He's, he's certainly in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, especially with the work he's done the past few years. That's yeah. been amazing. Uh, but that was good. Again, kind of what we expected. And, and, and while we're here, before I throw it back to you, I would just like to say uh, the two nights, to me, had the same template. It was three or four filler matches because we have to have something, two or three matches that look good on paper, and one or two complete spectacle car wrecks that we we know are going to pop the crowd and people are going to talk about. And I would almost guarantee you that's the formula they're going to use. They're probably going to do two night shows from now on of WrestleManias. And that's the formula that they're probably going to use. And you're going to see the celebrity interaction. You're going to see the old star coming back. You're, you're going to see this template pretty much copied from here on out, I would guess unless until they would move on to another style or era i yeah well we know they're doing two nights next year it's going to be wrestling yeah. in hollywood uh, in in los angeles so uh yeah i mean you are you're probably right um overall i will say that i enjoyed the weekend uh a, a lot i didn't expect to like wrestlemania really at all because there wasn't a ton i was looking forward to no um but there were a lot of good matches, some that surprised me. And overall, I, I do think it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I will comment very quickly on the Raw after WrestleMania, which they're still pushing that as like a big thing. And it's not yes. anymore. It's just not anymore. And I was at the Raw after WrestleMania that everybody looks back on as kind of the start of that, where everybody was chanting random yeah, stuff. Yeah, chanting weird, weird stuff. Um, and that was a great experience, but that's not the case anymore because Raw isn't the number one show anymore. And, uh, you know, but they still want you to think that it is uh, in this case, and it's just not. So they, I'll comment on a few things that happened. They had Cody Rhodes open up Raw, and it was a very interesting reaction in that when he came out, there was no pop whatsoever. It was crickets, but then eventually there was a lot of cheering and chanting when he got into the ring. Uh, it was a very heartfelt promo about his family and, and whatnot. He was very much, he was really, he was milking the crowd as much as he possibly could. They wanted it to, I, I think they're trying to make you think that it was like this really great reaction a la Hogan in Montreal or something. But, it, it, you know, it, and it was a weird reaction. Um, but uh, I don't think Cody is as over as, as he thinks he is. That's always been the case, though, right? It, it, it's always been the case. And I know people would say, oh, WWE fans know who Cody Rhodes is. He was there before. Well, he was Stardust. He has been around for, what, six years. And to say that the WWE audience watches AEW, especially that casual WrestleMania crowd, no. That's no, not no, no, no. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, you then had uh, – there was another uh, segment with uh, Kevin Owens coming out talking about his match with – Steve Austin. And the reason I mention this is because the most awkward introduction ever was in the middle of Kevin Owens promo, you had the introduction of Ezekiel. Do you know who Ezekiel is? Ezekiel Jackson. No, see, oh, okay. yeah. see 
when I saw the letters Ezekiel before the person came out, I was like, Ezekiel Jackson? Like, but no. And like this guy comes out to new music and nobody knows who he is at first. It's just this very kind of generic look. And in one minute, Kevin Owens buries this poor guy. And he looks at him and he's like, Elias, is that you? <laughs> because it's Elias without the beard. He has oh. new tights, no beard, short hair, shorter hair, I should say. Okay. Um, and the crowd starts laughing. And he's supposed to be Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. That's stupid. I feel so bad for Elias. I, really I like Elias. I, I've I, always... I did. I, I liked that gimmick. Mm-hmm. And you can see on this guy's face that he does not like this. You can see it. But he's there, and he wants to try to make it work, I guess. But you, I like to think I'm a good person at reading people. And I can tell you right now, this guy is miserable in what he's doing because he knows it's not going to get over. He knows no. it. Well, how are they going to – so if he is actually supposed to be Elias's brother, where's Elias? Right. And what are they going to do if the two of them are supposed to be together? Because he can't grow a beard and long hair back overnight. No, no. Um, so, yeah. And, and you know what? There was no reason for him coming out to Kevin Owens. He didn't challenge Kevin Owens. He didn't say anything. He literally just came out to the ring. Kevin Owens made fun of him. He said, I'm Elias's younger brother. And that was it. It was so weird to me. Um, yeah, that doesn't make sense. If he's coming out, you would think he's challenging Owens. No, or yeah, nothing. He would, like, make fun of Owens or something to start something. If it's right. just, I'm here now. He just basically came out to get insulted by Kevin Owens. Which, yeah, yeah great. nothing. There's nothing for you. <laughs> you. We finally saw the debut of Veer Miha. <laughs> yeah, that's been... Actually, that's been back. Uh, I believe I was watching wrestling when Veer Mihan first was supposed yeah. to de- debut. I believe Tommy Rich was the NWA World Heavyweight Champion uh, when they showed right. the first video. Uh, he um, came out and him. attacked the Mysterios. Um, and you had a rematch between Braun Breaker and Dolph Ziggler for the NXT title on Raw. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as good as their stand and deliver match, but Braun Breaker did win the NXT title back here. Okay, so that, that ends that. They wanted to have him win it on Raw, I guess, which is pretty cool. Um, but the crowd, a lot of those crowd that didn't know who Braun Breaker was. So... Uh, well, you need, did they tell them that it was Rick Steiner's son? Oh, they mention it all the time. Yes, I know. Did the crowd, but the live crowd. Did oh, they tell the live crowd? No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think what so. What you needed to do was have the Steiners walk him out. See, that would have been cool. That would have been cool. But it also would have made me angry because why is his name Braun Breaker? Um, right. We, we, we discussed that. That makes, yeah. me, uh, that makes me angry too. And again, because if you're not, not going to play up the fact that he's related to somebody, then that's okay. That's fine. But if you are going to say it every single time, then why doesn't he have the same name? Right. That doesn't make any sense. Right. And it used to be all about that kind of stuff. Like, like Dwayne Johnson had to be Rocky Maivia because your dad was Rocky Johnson and your grandpa was Peter Maivia. Like you right. had to be Rocky Maivia. Right. Um, the only other thing that happened, I didn't watch the entirety of Raw um, because the uh, NCAA championship was on, but uh, I did see the segment with Edge and Damian Priest. And 
I thought it was funny because the crowd started to chant, we don't care to J- Damien Priest. <laughs> and, nice. then, uh, and then Damien Priest, you know, to his credit was like, you know, there was a time when that would bother me. And then Edge was like, not anymore, losers, as he looks at the crowd. <laughs> so <laughs> so it was kind of funny, you know. Um, Do they have another guy yet? I thought they were supposed to add some other people. I think they're supposed to be a stable. That's what yeah. I've read anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens there. And uh, the guy, um, one of the guys, the members of House of Black from AEW uh, tweeted out a picture of Edge and Damian Priest saying, this is what you get when you order the House of Black on Wish.com. So because they're going for a similar similar approach, clearly. But uh, anyway, that's about all I have to comment on Raw. This, thank you for joining us on this uh, lengthy recap of uh, the WrestleMania weekend. We watched, yeah. we watched everything for you specifically. Yeah. What he Chad did, Chad did. I just watched what I was told to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was a lot. It was fun to watch all this stuff, and we hope you enjoyed our show. Let us know what you thought of the WrestleMania card, the NXT card, the Hall of Fame, whatever you watched. Let us know what your thoughts were, and if you agree or disagree with us. Um, please check us out on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify if you'd rather listen to us. Hit the like button on our YouTube video and subscribe to our channel. And for Leonard, my name is Chad and Alexa will see you out.